But then suddenly I was caught up into the heavenlies, not heaven, but the heavenlies. And I found myself just above the clouds walking along. And as I looked at the clouds from above, I noticed that they were brilliantly white, which I immediately knew was the glory of God. I then sensed I was not alone, and I looked to my right, and there was Jesus walking with me. I noticed the clouds covered Jefferson City, the U.S., and beyond. And then I noticed something really strange. There were missiles coming through the clouds, and they would create little holes. But in those little holes, the glory of God would then begin to stream through down to planet Earth. I asked Jesus what this was all about. He says, there is much darkness over the land, but fear not. Don't you just love those words? Fear not. For I am calling my people into a time of intensified prayer. As they respond, the dark clouds will be pierced by the missiles of their prayer, and my glory and presence will stream through. He told me to rally the people to pray and to pray with understanding, but also to not forsake praying in the spirit. I then began to notice other holes, bigger than the original, and as I looked, I saw people gathering together to pray, both small groups of people and also corporate prayer. And as they did, the missiles that were launched were much bigger. And they created much bigger holes in the clouds, allowing much more light from the glory of God to stream through the clouds to planet Earth. As I continued to walk, I began to see another phenomenon. People were gathering together in intense corporate prayer, producing missiles that would not only create the large holes, but they when the missiles would go through the clouds, they would leave tra trails. And the only way I can describe them is, is you know how a rock hits a windshield and all of a sudden all these stream things start streaking out? Well, that's what I saw in the clouds, that they would start running from the holes, allowing even much more light from the glory of God to stream through the clouds. I noticed that as the light from the glory of God streamed through the clouds and hit Jeff City and other places, great excitement began to occur, causing those that had been praying to gird up and pray all the more while others began to join them because fruit was coming from the, from the light that hit the churches, salvations, healings, deliverances. So church, he is calling us to increase our prayers, both individually and corporately. God is calling us to walk in faith and no longer settle for the norm. The case sera, sera. God wants us to be aggressive in our prayer life. God wants us to spend more time in concentrated times of prayer. For he wants to release his glory in much greater amounts than he has. Jesus pointed out that some clouds were very thick and didn't immediately respond to our prayers. But don't give up. Keep praying and sending up many missiles and watch what the Lord our God does. This is our assignment. We are to pray. We are to join others to pray. There's some things that God has laid on my heart that I'm going to be talking to some other folks about. Participate in corporate prayer and watch what God does. 
And then the last thing Jesus said to me was to start teaching on the model prayer. This is an exciting year. God, I want to make something really clear. It's not that we have to do something to get God to do something. He's got a plan. But he wants us to participate with him. He wants us to have this amazing unity, this amazing relationship with him to where together we walk, just like Jesus and I were walking on this cloud. He wants us to walk with him into whatever it is that is coming. People ask me what's, what's coming this year, and I go, I don't know. I just know we're supposed to pray. We're just supposed to kick it up a notch and pray more. And so that's what we're going to do. And that's why we have this watch night prayer service tonight. It starts at 630. And to run an hour and a half or two or who knows. We'll just see what God does. So, Father, I pray that you just give us the heart to seek you, to be with you, to be in encouraged by you, to be strengthened by you. Lord, just to spend time with you that our hearts would touch your heart and your heart would touch our hearts and, and that our relationships would be just strengthened. We just ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. So this handout is the first part of my teaching this morning, and I'm going to go through a lot of things there which you would not remember when you go to lunch. But these, it's, it's important for us to understand the value of prayer and the impact it has on our lives. You know, apart from healings, apart from just other things, it, it, it just does. So, so let me start off by asking a question. Are we willing to discipline ourselves to pray? And if we are praying, and I'm sure you all are, to pray more so that we treasure his commandments, are attentive to his words, so we incline our hearts to understanding all about him and who he is, to call out for insight, to seek wisdom like gold, silver, and hidden treasures. And if so, we will grow in those things. Also, we will grow in the fear of the Lord. We will grow in knowledge of who he is. We will grow in walking in the fear of, of the Lord. We will grow in a relationship with God and his righteousness and justice. Plus, we will become aware that God guards our path. He's got our back. He's got our six. That he watches over us. That he provides all we need to run the race that is set before us. That he never forsakes us. And that we will be delivered from evil and from men and women of perverted speech. Prayer is so very, very, very important. Prayer helps us to attain and maintain intimacy with God. I mean, have you, have you noticed that, that God is all about relationship? I mean, sometimes I, I go, I can't comprehend this because he has this 
desire to have this amazing relationship with me and with you. It opens our hearts to God so we become who we really are. Enables us to walk in him as the people he has designed us to be so that we can be all that God has called us to be. It helps us to fight the good fight and win. It provides us direction for our lives. Provides us God's wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Prayer helps us to understand how to properly use what he has given us, the many blessings, the armor, the gifts that you all have resident within you. Prayer helps us to be better husbands, better wives, better friends, better children, better family members. Prayer helps us to walk in unity, to, to, to increase in our born-again life. Helps us to understand more and more the mysteries of God. But maybe most important of all, prayer builds our relationship with God. And there's no greater relationship that we can have than our relationship with God. On to the teaching of the model prayer. Let me read Matthew 6, 5 to 13. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues, a reading from the ESV, and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty, empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we for also forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now it's interesting to me that this teaching came you know, in, in, in Matthew, it's part of the Sermon on the Mount. But in Luke, it co comes at the request of the disciples. Luke 11, 1 says this. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples, John the Baptizer. And they saw, as they walked through life with Jesus, they couldn't help but to see how he prayed. They, they, they couldn't help but to see the time that he would put in where he would go off by himself to be alone with his father. And that was an amazing teaching tool. Jesus, the Son of God. And so they came to the conclusion that, hey, if Jesus thought it was a good thing to pray, <laughs> maybe they should. But they really didn't have a clue on how to do it. That's why they asked, because they saw the fruit 
and they wanted to learn. See, I, I think they saw how he was praying, but I think they saw something else that encouraged them. They saw a connection between his prayer life and who he was. They saw his character. They, they saw the relationship, the, the fellowship that he had between the Father and himself. They saw the power that he walked in, the, the salvations that came, the, the, the healings, the, the deliverances, the, how he set people free. And last but not least, they saw how his teachings affected people. And they figured it had something to do with those times he set aside to pray. To be alone with God. To just sit before him. Because, as it says in the scriptures, he only wanted to do what he saw God do. And the disciples, God bless their little pea-picking hearts, they caught on to something. And they said, we want that too. We need a bread, uh, we need a more intense prayer life. I mean, how many here agree that Jesus was an intense prayer? It's what, what shaped him. All you have to do is think about the Garden of Gethsemane when his brain and drops of blood was coming out of him. But God also, you know, because he knows there would probably be people who say, well, Jesus was God, so different. That's why he gave us the human example on the importance of prayer. And Luke 11, going back to Luke 11, Lord, teach us to pray just as Jesus taught. Oh, no, it says John taught his disciples. The disciples saw, also saw that John had a prayer life, that John taught his disciples. And I'm guessing here, but his disciples probably were praying too, and then he, they saw the fruit that was coming from that. John the baptizer and his disciples, who were mere humans, had a really good prayer life. And knowing what Jesus' prayer life was like, and knowing what John's prayer life was like, they wanted to be prayers like them. See, Jesus desires des that all people pray. And he's quite willing to teach everyone how to pray. And that's why the model prayer is here. And we'll get to that next week. We've got a couple other things to go through before we get there. But so we must ask ourselves, and we need to be honest with ourselves, do we want to be shaped by prayer? Do we, are, will we, are we willing to make that sacrifice? Because there is a sacrifice. I believe we do. That's why we're going to look at the model prayer. And who knows what follows after that.
But in the meantime, I encourage you to pray, and when you're done praying, to pray some more. You know, it's interesting about Jesus that, that the disciples are sitting here going, teach us how to pray. But before he teaches them how to pray, he starts from the negative. Matthew 6, 5. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. And you know who the hypocrites are that he's talking about. Well, that word hypocrites, back in the first century, was, refer was a, a word that was used for a person who is in theater, in drama, where they played roles to try to get you to think that they were somebody that they weren't. Pharisees like to impress people. They, they, they just did. And, and, and one of the ways they did it was they would strand, stand in public places like, like the street corners or they would stand in the synagogues or, or who knows where to show how spiritual they were even though they weren't. They were religious, but they weren't spiritual. R.C. Sproul says this, but sometimes we think that one of the primary ways of being witness, bearing witness to people is by demonstrating our Christian spirituality with public prayer. That's dangerous because the motivation for prayer is not to display our spirituality before the watching world. The purpose of prayer is all those things plus more but again, primarily to develop relationship with the Lord. Now, that's not to say you should not pray publicly. I encourage you when you go out to a restaurant to pray. And pray out loud. I'm not saying, oh, that God would bless this food in the name of Jesus. Though we were in Rich Fountain once, it was so cool. There's a group of 8, 10, 12, 12, 15. And their food got served. They, 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 I think they stood up. The doxology. And everybody in the restaurant stopped and just watched them. Now that was a witness. But the thing I did a moment ago, not so much. Just don't pray in a manner that draws attention to yourself unless you're led by the Holy Spirit like those folks were that did the doxology. Because you always want to encourage others when you pray. Jesus says this in Matthew 5, 15, 16, and first part of 16. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Those people that sang the doxology, light shined. I was encouraged. You know, it was wonderful. See, but as we pray as the Holy Spirit leads, we're not being hypocrites if we pray out loud. Because... If he's leading, then our light will shine. And, and we want to be a, 
a people that's ready to pray. I mean, what if you're coming down the road and there's a severe accident? Pray. Maybe God will have you pull the car off the side of the road and go up and, and, and just get close and, and just pray for people if they're hurt. To pray for the officers and the firemen that are, that, that are handling the accident. But we always want to pray when we pray publicly in a manner where God's light shines through us and God is glorified. <laughs> Holy Spirit might have you pray in some rather interesting situations. Just pray because it's right to do. That's good. God that God be revealed, that, that they, they sense his presence, that, that, that they hear, the pre hear God's voice coming through and, and, and they see his light. See, we're only to impress one person when we pray. And his name is God. Matthew 6, 6 goes on, but when you pray, go into your room and, and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. yes. We need to have that personal, that private relationship where, where we can just spend time with the Lord, where we can, as it says, let our hair down, where we, we can share our heart, where we can go into those inner thoughts and lay them out so that we receive direction, so that we receive encouragement. I mean, Jesus did. That's why he went off by himself. And he was God. Whether it's prayers of adoration or confession, intercession, supplication, or thanksgiving. Just use words that are from your heart. But not like the Gentiles, as it says in Matthew 6-7, reading from the New Living Translation. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Now, now don't misunderstand. There, there's nothing wrong with repeating things in your prayers. More than once. I mean, what if you took the model prayer we're going to study and you prayed it over and over because you're just trying to have, you're asking God to put it within your heart so that you understand What's going on? Are, are there maybe some very complicated thing going on in, in, in your life, maybe a family, a member or something, and, and the only way you can explain it is, is to use a lot of words. It's okay. But just pray with understanding God hears you. Not just babble like no one does and with no purpose to just impress people. When you pray longer and louder, it really doesn't give you an inside track to God. Or a greater chance of your prayers being answered. But instead, be a little child. Remember the prayer Joshua prayed for me? Dear Dot, Uncle Dewey. Amen. I can say 
It's in the top one or two prayers anybody's ever prayed for me. Because it was from a heart of a child that was connecting to God. But we can do the same thing. The bottom line, let our hearts connect with God. Share with God what is in our heart. From our heart unto God's heart. And as Jesus points out in Matthew 6, 5, and 6, there'll be real there will be fruit when you pray. For those who pray for others' approval, they already got their fruit. It's not very good. That's their reward. For those who pray from their heart and to only impress one person, there will also be future rewards. And yes, we will have corporate prayers so we can shoot those big missiles. See, prayer is so, so very important, so significant to a, a, a life of a believer. But when I say prayer, I'm talking about both talking and listening, waiting on him. You know, I, I, used, I try to use the 80-20 rule. It's not scriptural. I don't see it anywhere, okay, in scripture. 80% listening of the time and 20% talking. I have found that as I share my heart with him and then am just silent, guess what? He speaks. He gives me direction. He teaches me things. He, he, he says things like, Gary, do you know how much I love you? Which just causes my heart to melt. But if you do that, just then just wait and watch and see what our God will do. Now, I want to address something here. Because I've heard people say this, ask this. Why pray when God already knows and he's sovereign. Yeah, there's a scripture, Psalm 139, 1-4. Well, I, O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my, my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. God knows everything. He's omniscient. He lives outside of time. He sees it all at the same time. But maybe, maybe he just wants to spend some time with you. Maybe he wants to develop a deeper relationship with you. Maybe he just wants you to get to know him better. And in that 80%, he'll share things about himself that will help you to, to know him better. See, prayer, prayer is a way to commune with God in a way that there's no other way we can do that. I mean, we can read the word, but, but it's, it's him speaking to us and, 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 and so forth, and that's really good, and that's part of the communication. But when you're sitting there just you and him, 
I mean, if it wasn't valuable, Jesus went and went off by himself. But seeing there, just you and him and saying, saying exactly what I just said. Prayer develops and increases our heart-to-heart connection with God. There is no relationship that's more valuable to us, more significant to us, more important to us than our relationship with God. And prayer is a significant tool that helps us develop that, to allow us to enter into a deeper relationship with God. But not only that, but we'll grow in his wisdom, we'll grow in his knowledge, we'll grow in his understanding, not to mention not to mention his direction and his vision. Prayer changes us in profound ways. All those things on that handout will be changed as we pray. I promise you that. Especially if we incorporate listening and the things he tells us we incorporate into our lives. Prayer is for benefits all kinds of ways, helping us to mature and to grow in our understanding of who God is. However, sometimes when we pray, we can forget who God is. Now, what am I talking about? We don't want to approach him too casually. We need to remember some things about God. He is the true God. He is holy. Jesus is the is God and the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the Holy Spirit is God. They are absolute sovereigns. Now, I don't have a problem with, with, with personalizing when you pray, you know, Father, Daddy, Papa, Abba. But we should never pray too casually or with the familiarity that can breed contempt. There's got to be that fear of God that holiness factor in there. We need to approach God with the respect that he deserves. I mean, remember the f- four and 20 elders, the 24 elders in Revelations that fell on their face? How about the seraphim in, in Isaiah? And how about are the living creatures in Revelation that cried out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And in, in one of my Bibles, there's a note on that holy, holy is the Lord and says that it was actually holy, 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 holy is the Lord. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I can go with nine times holy on God. And as we mature, we we begin to understand more and more who who this God is. We begin to understand that, that our prayer lives are important. We begin to understand that he cares about us, that he has this deep, Uh, He doesn't have a need for relationship with us. He just wants it, which just boggles my mind. So I encourage you this week to read this model prayer several times. And you're going, oh, no, not another assignment. Yippers, aren't I mean? But we want to prepare our hearts to fully understand if the worship team wants to come back up. And as we get into 
the model prayer, you'll notice some things. The initial petitions are all about God. Addressing God for who he is before we ever address our needs. That's significant. He's giving us a clue again about relationship with God. He's given us a clue about the importance of what's, about what is really important. He's telling us that his relation, our relationship with him is the most important gift we will ever receive from prayer. And then great things will flow out of that amazing relationship. In the meantime, keep praying. Don't ever quit. Always preferring to be a radical prayer instead of a casual prayer. In these days we live in, and in days to come, it's really important that we spend time with the Lord. Just going back to first. Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. He wants us always to be in an attitude of prayer because we need him. We need to follow him. We need to know what he's thinking. We need to know where he's taking us. We need to, to know who he is. And we need to develop that relationship because there's nothing greater.